Welcome to Rise Resolute. If you are open to being inspired by gritty women who have pushed through difficulties and finding motivation in the way we are all connected, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Gina Meyer. I'm a doctor of physical therapy committed to helping people live healthfully, joyfully, and push past even their own expectations for their life. It is my absolute pleasure to have Dotsie Bausch on the podcast today. She is an Olympic medalist, and she is the founder of the nonprofit Switch for Good. Um, And I'm so excited to hear some of her journey. So welcome, Dotsie. Hi, Gina. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you. And um, I know that our listeners are going to gain a lot from this episode. So if you would start off for me, Dotsie, by giving the listeners a little background on who you are and where you came from. Well, sure. Uh, I, I grew up in Kentucky. I grew up in the South um, and grew up competing in saddlebred horseback riding. And I was a runner, too, in high school and had a, a pretty amazing childhood. No real complaints, uh, early childhood. Awesome. And I went to school on the East Coast in Philadelphia at Villanova and then moved to New York City to um, pursue a modeling career. Uh, And during that period of time, having no specific uh, connection or tie to the modeling industry, I developed a severe eating disorder, anorexia, which I almost lost my life to. So I kind of lost five or six years of my life in that that span uh, in my early 20s to uh, an eating disorder and a cocaine addiction and was able to you know, slowly but surely climb out of that hole uh, with a really good therapist and a lot of hard work. By that point in my life, I had moved to Los Angeles from New York City, really just because of the sunshine. I mean, that was... (laughs) I hear you. I just wanted to be in, um, yeah, warmth and and, and, and less, less gray. It was, I think, just really affecting my mood. And so anyway, so I moved out to Los Angeles, I think that was in 1996, and uh, throughout the journey of my healing, which was about a two-year process, a little under two years, got towards the end of that healing process, and I was doing so much better, and I was, you know, out of hospitals and and able to start working again and just be in life and, you know, have healthy relationships again. And my therapist said to me, I want you to, to... select an activity or a sport, even if you want, you know, she knew my history as a competitive, um, horseback rider, you know, so long ago, I think she really felt like there was a competitive spirit that was inside of me that I was kind of keeping squelched. And so she just kind of gave me license to be athletic and pick something. And I, I really very randomly picked the sport of cycling or just at that point, I wouldn't even say the sport of cycling. I just picked cycling. I Uh just picked, okay, I'll get a bike. It's sunny here like 360 days a year and it's beautiful. And it just felt really um, like it would be a really freeing activity uh, to do. So I, I just chose cycling and began riding and fell madly in love with it pretty much from day one and started racing as an amateur and, uh, and, and the rest is history. I just, I just kept going. My, my, my whole story, my whole life has really just been a story of, of just not quitting. And the opposite of not quitting is, is just doing right. And just getting up every day and, and seeing what else lies ahead and giving it, you know, giving it all you have. Yeah, absolutely. And so that, yeah, we just ended on the Olympic podium in 2012, 13 years after I started 
cycling um, at uh, at the ripe old age of 39. It's unreal. It's, uh, it's so amazing. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Um, so for all of you who missed that, she, Dotsie was an Olympic medalist um, at the age of 39 and a half. And um, yeah, I just think that's incredible. And before we get more into um, digging into some of the challenges that you faced, I want to introduce the quote that Dotsie also is bringing to the table that we're going to weave through this discussion a little bit. I think it totally already applies to some of the things you just gave us on your background. But the quote is this, the secret of change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. And it was Socrates that said that. And I think right away that applies to sort of what you were saying about this evolution coming through the eating disorder and, um, and then finding cycling. I think that's, that's super amazing. Are there other is there something in particular with those challenges or some different challenges that you are wanting to share Dotsie as part of your journey? Yeah. Well, since you probably have a lot of athletes living, giving what you do for a living, we can, we can go in the direction of challenges leading into the Olympics. Like, I mean, there was, you know, as a, as a, as a professional athlete in whatever sport you're in, you are going to lose way more than you're ever going to win. So yeah. that's absolutely you know, one of the biggest challenges is just to be able to have the resilience and the wherewithal to keep fighting because most of the time you're, you're kicked down. Most of the time you're, you know, on the bottom step, you're not on the top step. Most of the time you're being, you know, beaten up and you're strung out and you're exhausted and you're barely able to, you know, get up the next morning to complete the training plan. Um, So I, I think just, you know, building into your character box a good amount of resilience is a, a key attribute to an athlete um, that they need to have in their toolbox. Because if you can't get right back up after you get beat down, uh, it's, it's, it's an impossible road. You know, there's just really, you, you really won't ever be able to be hugely successful. I think from the outside, it looks like athletes, especially successful athletes, uh, just have, you know, like this, this linear, you know, rise, right. It's just kind of like goes up and up and up and up, but it's, it's, it's always filled with, uh, injury and defeat and almost quitting, 100 times right. at least one I mean my so many times I thought this is you know especially the way I came in starting so much later than my competitors or my teammates you know not starting cycling until I was 26 when I picked up a bike and I just um you know really had all the odds stacked against me you know not, not very many people you can can start that late and make it to the you know the top step and so there were just uh, you know so many roadblocks on that on along the way from the beginning of the you know the US national team noticing me and 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 picking me up onto the team but then you know kind of very quickly placing me in a domestic role which for people that know cycling know what that is but it's just a you know more of a support role than a leader role more of a support role than a you know a champion top step role and just kind of you know telling me that I was pretty good, but I was, you know, they found me to be marginally talented and I'd, I'd never really make it, um, you know, onto the big stage. So, you know, I had a lot of people not believe in me in the beginning or all the way through really. Um, and so, you know, and that, that's the case, you know, that's the case for a lot of athletes, even, you know, big champions and names that we know a lot about, uh, there, there were people, 
uh, and stages in their career that they had where, where people didn't believe in them and they didn't believe in themselves. So, Right. I think this uh, is a really good point. It's important, too, for us to realize that no one has an easy path. You know, everyone... Um, it, it might appear from the outside that things are, are easy and come easily, but there's always that hard work that's going on under, underneath. And um, it actually reminds me of another quote, and it's about resilience. And it's that resilience is knowing that you're the only one that has the power and the responsibility to pick yourself up, right? No one else sure. can do it for you. And um, it sounds like you, you know, you developed that as you went through your athletic career with, with cycling and continue to build on that power. And it's a big one. If we can pick ourselves up um, and, and rely on ourselves to, you know, to use that power, it's, it, it becomes something incredible in our lives, I think, in, in many facets, not just athletically. So, um, yeah, that's a really yeah, good point. Yeah, it's something that can be learned. I mean, you can practice it and right? learn it. I think there's some people that are born, you know, maybe a little grittier than others. Like, there's just those types of personalities. But uh, resilience itself is something that can be learned because it's something that can be practiced. I like this. Um, yeah, and, I agree. I think yeah, you can you, practice it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure there are many people that helped you along your way and your path athletically and, and your journey and your life's journey. Do you have someone specific that you remember or something specific that someone said to you, Dotsie, that was really meaningful that you would want to share? Yeah, you know, I think it's for me, as it is often for so many people, it's it's not necessarily the words, but it's the actions and that, um, you know, my 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 husband was with me through almost all of the journey. Uh, I met him when I was 30. So I'd only been doing it, um, you know, a few years and I was still, you know, obviously nine and a half years away from the Olympic games. And, um, he just was that, that the biggest cheerleader and just a sure and steady, he's a really talented cyclist himself. He races like on the master scene. So he got what it took. And, uh, there were just so many times when I maybe was, you know, I wanted to quit and, and was being probably melodramatic, you know, just, I, I would just get so frustrated and so kind of angry with myself that I'd chosen this route towards dreams and cycling at so much of an older age when I felt like I should have like a big girl job by that point, yeah. you know, yeah. 32, 33, 34. It's like, you know, <laughs> you know, people that are just burgeoning careers. And I'm like chasing this athletic pipe dream that, you know, like at that point is like, there's no way I was going to make an Olympic game. So I'm racing around the world as a professional cyclist and it's exciting and interesting, but it's also really hard and I'm not making any money. And, uh, it was like, you know, a lot of times, what am I doing? You know, what, what, and, and, and he just had this sure and steady, uh, belief in that I could get to the top of the sport and that it was going to be worth it. And that I wouldn't, uh, you know, I would, I would never forgive myself if I quit, you know? And, and so, yeah, it just, it was just that, that solid sense, that solid being that person that was next to me that I, when I looked at him, I knew I just had to keep going. Right. He believed in me so much more than I ever believed in myself. And we all can find that person. We all already have that person or we can find that person or we can elect that person in our life. And, you know, kind of is that um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mentor role. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's somebody that you can lean on when you just feel your worst. And I feel like he saw me at my worst. Well, I know he saw me at my worst <laughs> multiple times throughout that and, 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 and even still today, right. That that's what a, a really great partnership or a really great 
marriage is built off of, right? Like they see us at our worst sometimes. And that's right. And, and that's when we need them the most. Us. Yeah. Whether it's a spouse yeah. or a partner or a friend or whoever it is, whoever's that person for you in your life. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and the support network piece, I think is just huge and, you know, nurturing mm-hmm. those relationships um, and making sure that, you know, you're there for someone when they need you and vice versa. Um, I think all of those things are so important. Um, so as you were going through these life's challenges, um, I always like to ask this question, not, not, in asking if you have regrets necessarily, but just for the benefit of those who might be facing something similar right now. Um, is there anything that you wish you knew at the time as you were working so hard athletically or earlier in your journey when you're struggling with so much, is there anything that you wish you knew Dotsie that would have helped propel you forward? I think I wish I knew how much that the hardships were shaping me as a being yes, yes. and what I would do later in life. Cause what I do now, anytime you're in any kind of nonprofit work, the type of nonprofit work that I'm in is wildly unpopular, right? Cause I'm, I'm fighting against um, the, the agricultural, our agricultural food system and, and, and people seeing animals as food. Um, and it's, <laughs> it has not hit the mainstream yet as, uh, as, as I feel like it, I wish it, you know, would. So we're not like, you know, getting water to, to, to children in Africa. Like that's a very popular right. type of nonprofit yes. and it's amazing nonprofit, but you know, I've picked like the, 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 you know, the, the yeah. redheaded stepchild in the corner <laughs> nonprofit to fight. And so I think I, I wish that I knew, I really truly knew that all the hardships and all the struggles and ups, ups and downs that I was going to be able to apply the lessons that I was learning later. Cause I think it would have been so motivating I, at the time. They just felt like they were just happening to me, uh-huh. you know, like I was the victim and they were just happening to me and this is so hard. And how was, I, uh, but if I'd known what they were really shaping, what they were shaping inside of me and um, you know, the guts and the chutzpah, that it was, it was shaping to be able to deal with what I deal with now. Cause what I deal with now is so much harder than what I was dealing with as an athlete. Uh, it, it would have calmed down a little bit, you know, and just made, made me uh, feel more full that, that I was going to be able to use these hardships later yes. and what I learned from them. I think yeah. that's such a great answer that hardships are shaping us that even when we don't know it. And it's so true. And it's hard to realize that when we're in the moment Ugh. and going through yeah. it and we're like, Oh, seriously. Um, but you're right. It just, it totally builds a resiliency like you were talking about. And if we can get through the hardships, um, you know, we're that much stronger. And, and now you, you have this passion that you're pursuing with switch for good. And I think that's so amazing. Do you want to tell, listeners just a little bit about what you do with switch for good Dotsie. sure sure yeah so about a couple of years out from olympic games um i really quite frankly stumbled upon uh the truth and the the behind the scenes footage of what goes on day in and day out to billions of animals in our modern agricultural food system um, the, the terror, the horror, the, you know, the, just the, the, the misery and of course, you know, uh, you know, death in the end. And I, I, I felt really shocked by uncovering this truth. I had grown up loving animals. Uh, and, and so it was a, it was a complete shift in my thinking because I realized at this point that if I loved animals, that would include not eating them uh-huh. period. Uh-huh. Like there's no, there's no conversation that you can't have that conversation in any other way. If you love animals and you love all animals, you're not, you're not eating them. <laughs> we wouldn't eat, 
anything we love, right? Because that would mean killing it. Of course, they're 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 dead on your plate. And so, if I believed that I wasn't going to pay somebody else to do the dirty work, if I wasn't willing to do myself as well, and I recognize that too, like I would never be able to do that to an animal. So who am I to be paying someone to inflict that? So it was a it was a oh man, just like one of those aha moments that. I knew I was never going to be able to turn back from. And so I launched into eating a a plant-based diet, an entirely plant-based diet, removing all animals and animal products, right? So dairy and eggs uh, from my plate almost overnight. And I still to this day am shocked by the performance enhancement effect that a whole food plant-based diet had on my eventual result, uh, which was, you know, an Olympic medal. Um, but after the Olympics, I just realized that this was going to be what my life was about. This was going to be what I fought for getting the truth out here, out there and helping people to understand the glorious, incredible, wonderful world of plant-based eating, eating in alignment with most people's values, which is compassion and empathy and love and ahimsa, nonviolence. I mean, that's, most people would say, yep, those are some of my core values. Like that's who, that's what I, who I say I am. And so if that indeed is the case, then it doesn't involve, you know, violence on your, on your plate every day. So that's what we do at Switch for God. It's uh, we do it from an angle uh, of performance. We have a lot of Olympic athletes um, on our team at Switch for Good. And we really help to tell the story from a performance and health angle there's a, a lot of incredible animal rights organizations really, you know, telling the truth of what goes on um, to animals day in and day out. But, you know, based on my history and a lot of the Olympic athletes history that's, that's, that's with us at Switch for Good, you know, it really is, is uh, people want to understand how to live better, do more, thrive more, have more energy, sleep better, feel better, perform better. And whether you're an athlete or not, whether you're just, you know, like all of us, just a really busy person running around doing a million things, you want to be able to do that uh, the best that you can and how the world of plants can really enhance that. And leaning away from an animal-based diet can really enhance your uh, performance in life and, and your health. Uh, you know, our top three killers, uh, today in, in America, um, you know, the first one being heart disease, um, diabetes and, and cancer, uh, a a plant-based diet can completely, uh, cure most types of cancers, I'll say, but almost all of heart disease and type two diabetes, both of those are food borne illnesses. It's the food. It's what we're putting in our mouths. Right. And so that's empowering for people. Right. Empowering to know that it's not, you don't just have to take a pill. You can change the direction that your genes are going with food. And that's so cool. It is so very cool. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I, I think it's worth it to mention the Game Changers film as well for people to check out yeah. the evidence because um, it is very compelling. And I watched it in preparation for this interview and I found it to be very compelling. So check it out, listeners. Um, if, if nothing else, just to grow, you know, your information and um, to grow as people and, you know, be empowered. I love it that you that you said that, Dotsie, that it's very empowering to learn these things and know that we have c- some control. And I think that's very cool yeah. so um yeah people like to be in control yeah <laughs> that <laughs> is know? true isn't it yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and the game changes on netflix 
for yes. people that are wondering okay. where they might see it. Yeah. yeah, thank you. And I'm going to have you give more information on how to follow you in just a minute. But um, before we wrap up, I wondered if there's, I, we've already said a lot, um, but I wondered if mm-hmm. there's any last words that you'd like to get out there in terms of encouragement for women who are struggling with something similar to the challenges that you've gone through or just in their own personal struggle, whatever that may be in their life. Is there anything, Dotsie, that you would say to them? Yeah, I think, gosh, in, in my process now, um, as a, as a woman over 45, uh, I think it's every day that comes up for me, I'm struggling more and more with believing in myself and really practicing self-love and self-care. And so maybe I'm speaking to just women over 40 or over 45 when, you know, things start to get, it's funkier than it was in our thirties. Yeah, no, I we think wake up in the morning, I feel everyone. like my face is on the floor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just stuff. You know, stuff's changing, and and um and and so just you know, got to work on loving ourselves more and loving ourselves, period, and in general, and turn off the self critique radio that plays in our head. And I believe, just like we were talking earlier, Gina, about you know, resilience and that you can, you can learn it because it, you can practice it and you can hone it. Right. And I have found that, that, that self-love and, and, you know, keep giving myself a break, yes. like, like, the, yes. you know, right. Just some days be like, ah, geez, you know, like you, you, you killed it today. Like just, you know, leaning into loving yourself more and, and, and not being so hard on ourselves. And that's what I mean by giving ourselves a break sometimes yeah. is, is so this like a lost art. If it ever was an art, you know, we're just, we're not there. I listen to so many of my friends and so many women that are just, we're so hard on ourselves and it's not sustainable and it's not joy filled. You know, right. it, it gets me on the negative loop when I do that to myself. And then that's a spiral right down that, that uh, we, we don't want to be on right. is, is that, that negative feed, feedback loop um, that I think so many older people fall into. I agree. You know, yeah. And I think a lot of people fall into it at any stage during life. I just had an interview a few days ago and, you know, she's Mm. a young woman. Um, and, and still it's, it's, it's hard, you know, life is hard sometimes. Mm. And, you know, sometimes we just got to cut ourselves a break. Yeah. Take care of ourselves. You know what? It was a bad day. It's okay. Tomorrow will be better or the next day. And, you know, just give yourself some love. I totally am on board with that. And I think, yes, you're right. I mean, I'm, I turned 40 a, a year and a half ago and I'm like, I'm in that bracket too, but I know that many along the whole journey could benefit from more self-love and self-care. And if we did that, we'd probably be more yeah. joy-filled along the whole journey, you know? Um, so I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on to chat just a little bit with me. And if you could please now give listeners um, an avenue to follow you, to find out more about your nonprofit, that would be great if you could share that for me. Yes, I would love to. Sure. So Switch for Good is switch the digit for good.org. So the number in the middle. So switchforgood.org. And then on all of the social media platforms, we're switch for good. So super easy. And then I mostly do Instagram more than anything else. And on Instagram, I am vegan Olympian. Okay. Awesome. Um, well, thank you again so much. And before we go, I'm just going to yeah. leave the listeners with a little nugget from this conversation um, that they can take and move forward with. And it is this, listen to dot C. All of the hardships that you're facing right now, they're shaping you. Practice your resiliency as you're going through. Learn to recover from your difficulties. And also practice that self-love and self-care. We believe in you. 
and we know you've got this. Mm. Connected. That's so nice. We can rise. 